0: for complete terms. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like Twenty One Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bizzlefluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit livenation.com concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, some 41, 30 seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
1: Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. John Ken Show, John Kobelt, and Ken Shampo. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome, everybody.
2: This being Friday in two hours, we will uh, roll out our Moistline friends. We do have some hacks for the dumpster today. It is based on the, I guess, the biggest California story of the week. You'll find out who they are and who goes in as we welcome our mob members to KFI and <clears throat> roll out the dirty dumpster for another dumpster toss. That's all coming up ahead. Oh, and we do have an update and an actual news story. The television station covered what we had talked about yesterday with one of our guests, Lucy Hahn. This particular story deals with the uh, large RV encampment that's in Playa del Rey in an area called the Bologna Wetlands. There are as many as 60 RVs that have been parked there, basically vagrants who have some dirty, dingy old RV to live in. And they have been absolutely destroying the Bologna wetlands. And Lucy told the story of taking a tour through there with a woman who's running to replace Mike Bonnet and some other people. And one of the people who was walking through for the tour got attacked with a uh, porta potty water.
1: Yeah. So, the, uh, the little uh, tanks at the bottom of the toilet. Well, yeah. this uh, crazy uh, homeless vagrant woman uh, pulled out the tank and dumped uh, the poop and pee water yeah. all over one of the... Uh... Another woman who's taken the tour. So So we'll play you the Fox
2: 11 story where uh, they were interviewed, the people that uh, got attacked, coming up in the next segment. We'll begin with uh, more grim news on the inflation front. Food prices will be the focus of this report. We're going to talk now to Dave Packer from ABC News for KFI.
1: Dave, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, Good. Good. Well, it looks like uh, food prices are up double digits, and it's the Ukraine-Russia situation that's uh,
3: driving it. Yeah, it's just a bad situation all around. I mean, already we were dealing with droughts, which had impacted food, uh, and then, of course, inflation all around in the United States and worldwide, obviously. But, you know, particularly here, uh, you know, we've had record inflation, and now this war in Ukraine has really just basically knocked out of commission a place that was producing a huge amount of food for the world, not just for Ukraine, but Ukraine's kind of like the Midwest for Europe and and whole areas of like the Middle East and Africa and parts of Asia, um, and and produces so much wheat and grain and corn um, and and sunflower oil, which I didn't realize we use. Uh, a lot of it, not just for cooking vegetable oil, but it's it's used in processed foods. It's used in, in bakery cookies and cakes and, and everything like that. Um, the, y- Ukraine produces 46% of the world's supply. Nearly half of the world's supply of sunflower oil comes from Ukraine. And then add to that, 23% of the world's supply comes from Russia. We're not exactly uh, trading with them either right now. So all of a sudden, you've got nearly... Uh, Three quarters of the world's sunflower oil, which, you know, is used in all kinds of foods, uh, which is not available, which is just knocked out. Um, So the question is, can, you know, the U.S. in terms of our supply here, can we, you know, can we compensate? Well, it would take a long time for farmers to ramp up. Um, We do have, you know, extra surplus capacity, but you're not going to grow food overnight.
1: No. And so the whole food price index is in double digits now
3: in terms of increase and it's ju- and it's just like oil you know you say okay well this is in Ukraine how does this this affect us over here for things like wheat we grow our own wheat we grow our own corn but you know as supply goes down worldwide these are global commodities and and prices go up so you know all that is directly relatable to what we pay at the checkout
1: seems like if 70 percent or 75 percent of the uh, sunflower oil comes out of ukraine and russia you're you're going to have a severe shortage i mean the ingredients are yeah. not, not going to be available for all those uh baking purposes
3: and and uh you know we'll be dealing with higher prices but places you know over there closer by africa parts of asia will just be dealing with a shortage altogether where you know it won't be available so you, you know it, 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 unless we want to have people starving in these parts of the world and create more instability, we're going to be called upon to, you know, produce more food and ship it overseas. And and that will create less food for us to consume. And so, you know, even best case scenario if this, if this gets resolved in Ukraine overnight tomorrow, it's still going to take a long time for Ukraine to come back online. You know, those those farmers are out fighting. They're not farming. Uh, And you know, how much of their land isn't, is still going to be part of Ukraine or are those borders going to change and that will those farms be part of Russia. And, so these and, are all,
1: and they can't use uh, the ports to ship the grain out, even if they did grow it.
3: That's a huge problem. And it brings up another issue. A lot of the fertilizer that is used around the world, some here in the U S but certainly around the world comes from areas around the black sea. And there's not much moving right now in the black sea, particularly around uh, the coast, around Ukraine. So that's affecting other areas that grow food, but not having access to that fertilizer.
1: So we're looking at food inflation is going to go up steadily, indefinitely, I guess.
3: I think what we're going to see is, I mean, we're going to see price into food prices. uh, You know, it'll be priced in, in terms of uh, what the current supply is and, and what the, you know, what they expect, you know, co- people who trade these things, what they expect to be, you know, down the road, six months or, or a year. And I think with, uh, them not seeing an end to this conflict in sight in Ukraine, I think we'll see, I don't know if the, the prices will continue to increase, but you're going to see a higher price for everything. And, and that will be the baseline until things change.
2: All right, Dave, thank you very much for that report. We appreciate
3: it. All right. Have a great weekend.
2: All right. It's Dave Packer, ABC News for KFI. On the effect on food prices uh, worldwide and even here in the United States from the war between Ukraine and Russia, uh, I have a headline for Deborah Mark that's really going to upset her. Is it about avocados? Four million dead chickens at a Ukrainian farm.
4: Oh, that's awful.
2: Oh. Yeah, Europe's, Europe's largest poultry farm.
4: Four million?
2: Is on Ukraine's occupied Black Sea. They have lost almost four million chickens to thirst and starvation because of the war with Russia. That is the,
1: the sound of the poor debate. plant
2: manager, one of the only few people left, has to find a way to bury all the dead chickens and somehow disperse them because they're all just dying off. Of thirst? What a terrible way to die. That's
4: so, that is so sad. You know, yeah. we, we don't really think about the animals when we think about war. Obviously, we think about the people, the civilians that are getting killed. But look at what's going on. Yeah. It's so sad.
2: The facility typically exports about a billion eggs a year. So they, these weren't chickens that they slaughter. These are just ones where they take the eggs, but they can't care for them because of the war. There's too much disruption and there's, there's just no way to get all these eggs out. So they don't have anything to feed them and they're starving and... Or they're, they're dying of thirst. It's a lot of dead chickens. That's yeah, a lot of dead chickens.
4: It's very sad. Very they Take the
2: birds, what do you... transport them, and bury them somewhere. That's all they're oh, doing. What do you think that smells like? Well,
4: it's, it's not, not about good. that, John. Million... It's about the birds being. They, they died of starvation and
1: thirst. Four million dead chickens rotting in the sun. Wow. Yeah. Uh,.
2: He's trying to protect the water supplies from contamination, but apparently Russian soldiers she's, sometimes
1: shoot at him. So she's shaking her head. I, I'm always—it's just the way my mind thinks. I just wondered what is what is that. I'm
4: sure it smells horrible, but yeah. that's not the point.
1: All right. Understand. All right. Well, that'll lead us
2: into the next thing we're going to talk about. What smells worse, dead chickens or poop water? Because we have this story of a woman that got attacked with porta potty water, and I would say water that's been you know contaminated uh, when she was trying to tour this horrible. RV uh, park that they've set up there in the Bologna wetlands. Coming up next. John and
1: Ken, KFI. Ooh. John and Ken show. John Kobelt and Ken It's KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.
2: I Guess what? What? Tiger's alive. He's likely to make the cut. Wow. How about that?
1: That's exciting.
2: That's the last word I'm getting here. He's won over for the tournament, and it may be good enough to make the cut and continue uh. to play Saturday and Sunday.
1: I think they amputated the leg so he's got a lot less pain. Tied for 19th.
2: Yeah, and what what's the cut?
3: Minus 30? 4 or plus 4 still?
2: Oh, all right. So he's one over. Oh, he's, then he's a good chance. Well, he must be near the end here, right? Yeah, he was at Yeah, he's on the
3: 17th hole. He just teed off.
2: The ratings yesterday for the first round on ESPN were up 21% over last year, almost 3 million people. And that's like a Thursday during the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can see the effect a lot of people working hard on on the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially people working from home, just put it on in the corner and glance over it every now and then. All right, we're going to play you a, a story from Fox 11 News. We came up on the show yesterday. We had a guest by the name of Lucy Hahn. She's with a nonprofit that's trying to do something about all the IV or the IVs, <laughs> the RVs that are lined up at the Bologna Wetlands in Playa del Rey. Uh, The story yesterday is that the Los Angeles City Council has voted to go back to enforcing parking restrictions on vehicles, and that would include, of course, the RVs, although with the rules that accompany this, we're not so sure that you have to make sure no one's living in the RV, and if they're living in the RV, then they're told that they just have to move well, we'll bring in homeless services to
1: help them. I, you know, every time we just set up the story, I just impossible for me to believe that that the, the, the city council and the mayor let this go on for two years, fouling the wetlands. I, it just it knocks me out.
2: It is hard that, to believe that. Uh,
1: and so now this is the uh, the woman who got uh, poo water yeah, dumped on her.
2: Yeah. So when Lucy was on the show yesterday, she told the story of how she went along with a woman that's trying to replace Mike Bonin on the Los Angeles City Council. That's Tracy Park. But there was a couple of other people on this tour of the Bologna wetlands and all this uh, disgust that's being called. And by the way, this is a 600 acre ecological reserve. Uh, Here is the report, because apparently there was an attack by a person. Who was believed to be homeless. This is the report from Haley Winslow from Fox 11.
5: Though April Fool's Day, it was far from funny. It was humiliating and embarrassing, um, but I feel like I took one for the team because everybody got to see that this is just another day in Playa del Rey. This Playa del Rey woman, who doesn't want to use her name, met community leaders and other residents at the Bologna wetlands in hopes of finally cleaning it up. Along with a foul stench. Jefferson Boulevard is littered with broken down homeless RVs, trash, and needles, and much of it on protected land. The Gabrielano Teach tribe want the vehicle dwellers to leave. They are defecating, they're peeing, they're pooping on their ancestral burial grounds. To try to help, mayoral candidate Joe Buscaino put in this porter potty, but after the community meeting, we turned to go to our cars and this vehicle dweller she came out of nowhere really and she had had a bucket of porta potty water that she threw and i was in the line of fire so i got blanketed in porta potty water and toilet paper no. and feces and urine Oh, it's one of many oh. growing problems down at the wetlands. There's uh, human trafficking, sex trafficking. There's uh there's an RV meth lab. Uh there was a 5-acre fire um, where the firemen couldn't get to the fire hydrant because a vehicle dweller was disabled and blocking the access to the hydrant. Uh, there's also been a, f- a four-person shooting. Down by the wetlands, as well as the uh, the uh, vehicle dwellers are shooting into the bluffs above and breaking people's windows on their homes. Uh, the LAPD has been killed out over a hundred times last year to address crime in the area. Along with Buscaino, resident Sarah Kay watched the feces porta potty incident unfold. It's one thing if we were being
3: asked to sacrifice our public spaces. Our safety, our quality of life, our sanitation, if we felt that we were really helping people and that we needed to all come together, put in the work and put in the sacrifices to give real help to people. But this is not helping anybody. The people who are living in these encampments are not able to get sober, they're not able to get stable, and they're not able to bring their lives together. So why are we allowing this? Why are the activists and the politicians fighting to keep people languishing in the suffering just so that they can feel good about what they've Said and what they've done. On Thursday, City
5: Council voted to resume parking enforcement next month that was suspended during COVID for oversized vehicles that are disabled or unregistered or pose a traffic or environmental hazard like these do. The question is, where will these people go? Oftentimes, we see There's. these homeless encampments cleaned out, but instead of fixing the problem, oftentimes, like a chessboard,
2: they simply move
5: to another part of town.
2: So what? Keep harassing you them. Know, keep yeah, moving yeah, I, them. I, I, do not quit. Until they leave California and go back to in many cases where they're from.
1: People with their have license to, plates
2: on their RVs that indicate
1: that. People have to stop asking that question. Where do they go? There's no answer to that. Oh, and they, they always like to add, they, well, they, they're just shuffled around to another neighborhood. Well then then that's the job of the next neighborhood to chase that's them right. further afield. You gotta keep doing it. Because so they're you, chased into Mexico or Nevada. <laughs> Or you, Arizona, or you, do you do you understand? I mean, somebody in that report said about how the uh, the uh, act homeless activists and the politicians are are constantly uh, talking about what we have to do to help these people. You do understand that they don't care about these people; they really don't, and it's it's all their talk is a distraction to make you feel guilty. So you keep sending them more tax money or more donations, because you feel bad that society right. has failed these people. Society did not fail these people. We are not responsible for people wandering in from all over the country with their meth habits, heroin habits, uh, their 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 family dysfunction, their mental illness. We're not responsible. We're this idea that society has failed these people. We must do something. No, we don't have to do anything. They don't respect themselves. They're not willing to make changes in their life. They're not willing to go to work. We're not going to be burdened with everybody else's problems when they have the choice. And we've given the money. And I'm telling you, all these nonprofits, these activists, the politicians, they know it doesn't work. They don't care that it doesn't work, but they're getting rich off it. The people working in these nonprofits are making really good salaries. They have secure jobs, and they don't actually have to accomplish anything. They know what they're doing. You're being foolish by going, "Well, I did, you know, I don't understand why aren't people being helped?" Because the people who who run the infrastructure, the homeless infrastructure, don't want to help them. They don't. They want to take the tax money and the donations nah, so that no. they have fat, happy lives. You're being
2: duped. Well, you know, we're in a situation where if the help is refused, then so what? And we're finding out more and more that most of these vagrants, particularly the ones we're stuck with now, they don't want to go anywhere where there's any kind of rules. They do want to live off the grid because they want to enjoy their life of drugs. Well, and alcohol, and just acting like a hippie in the woods. Well, you can't have that in people's neighborhoods. So, as John likes to say, go find that desert. Yeah. Go well, down there. What's that place called that we always uh The Salton Sea. Yeah. Go, Slab City. The, Slab City, that's it. Slab City is a yeah. place where apparently people live that kind of life, and it's far from everybody else, so who cares? Go oh, there. I,
1: I just put them on buses and, and, and give them a, a one-way fare to Slab City. Out in the yeah. desert. That's 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 where these people belong, and they can uh, join that community. There's already plenty of people out yeah.
2: there. Apparently, there's no rules there. There's no government. No, people can do what they want. You stop go join them, but you're far from us, and that's all. It's important. Stop feeling sorry for these people.
1: They I don't feel. I, I can't believe this
2: woman wasn't arrested who threw the porta potty water. That's assault. Do you realize how sick you could get from uh, being hit by oh, feces and
1: urine? That could be deadly. You could get E. coli.
2: It's like being licked by Deborah Mark's dog.
4: Oh yeah, I told my family about that. <laughs> Everybody was thrilled <laughs> about that story yesterday.
1: Yeah. Well, did you let the dog in your bed last night?
4: I did, but I didn't I didn't get any licks.
1: Yeah, oh, but how it, long is that gonna hold out?
4: Oh, I trust me, no more licks. It's... I had a conversation with them. We're all on the same page.
2: All right. <laughs> oh, she had a conversation <laughs> with the dogs. Yes. They understand. They understand. Yes,
4: they they, yeah. they do. I, I said, Mommy will get very sick.
1: <laughs> uh, they, they, they felt really sad.
4: They did. Yeah. They don't want me to be sick. They They're lowered, nice dogs. All
1: right. They lowered their tails and walked away. <laughs> uh, John, and showed- John and Ken show. John Cobalt and Ken show. John Cobelton, Ken Shampo, KFI, AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We'll give you the updates on Ukraine,
2: Russia in a moment, including a vicious train attack that may have killed at least 52 people that were trying to flee that eastern region of Ukraine that's under heavy Russian fire. This is a good story. An NPR reporter, that would be National Public Radio, called out her own newsroom for claiming the Hunter Biden laptop story wasn't a real story. Laura Sullivan, who apparently has received a number of awards and is believed to be one of the leading reporters in that field, uh, tweeted out that newsroom editors called it not a real story. The Hunter Biden laptop investigation could end up being a tax case or a hell of beans or something else. But what it's always been is a story. And I'll read you what NPR put out at the time. This is back in 2020 when the New York Post broke the story about Hunter Biden's laptop and some of the emails that were on there. At the time, the NPR public editor uh, was quoted as saying, we don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories. And we don't want to waste the listeners and readers time on stories that are just pure distractions. That's what they said at the time. And, of course, this that, was followed by outfits like the Washington Post and the New York Times and that nonsense about it being a Russian disinformation campaign, yeah. because it was right before the 2020 well, election, and they all just decided well, to
1: ignore it. But what, what does it tell you that there were 51 intelligence agents who all signed this paper saying it was likely Russian disinformation? Yeah. And that all the media outlets published the contents of that letter with the 51 signatures and use that as the shield saying, look, we're not going to cover this story. Look at all these experts here. And all these experts were aligned because all these experts were terrified of Trump getting reelected. And so were all the alleged journalists. They were also trying to fight off a Trump reelection. So it was in everyone's best interest to pretend that the story Wasn't even a story. This is how the powerful group think and how threatening Trump was to them. And remember, what's the
2: companion story to that? They seized on the Russian dossier. Remember that? Yes. Wanting that to be legitimate. That was not dismissed as a disinformation campaign. That was seized on and reported on over and over again. So the truth was
1: presented as a lie and a lie was presented as truth. That's and how it went for a while. Everybody yes. in the uh, CIA and the FBI went along with both of those schemes. And almost everybody in the media went along with both of those schemes. And they would police each other. It, most people wouldn't know this, but all the most journalists are on Twitter. And if one journalist steps out of line and would say something uh, questioning the... Uh, questioning the Russian dossier story, for example, yeah. or questioning why is the Hunter Biden story being suppressed, they would get blasted by all the other journalists. There was a tremendous amount of peer pressure to keep each other in line. Everyone was heavily invested in stopping Trump's second term and, and, and the first term. And, and you have to ask yourself why. Why was he such a threat to them? What were they afraid of him doing? Right? I mean, because most of us were voting on whatever issues we find important in life, right? But what was that crowd in Washington and those journalists who were running cover for them? What was the threat to them? Uh, There's something. I mean, because Trump always said, you know, there's a deep state. It does seem like there is some kind of deep state. There is some kind of permanent government. Yeah, he was a threat
2: to everything they held dear. I I know several people. They're not journalists. They'd hated Trump, and that's all they could talk about to me was Trump and whatever was going on in the world, whether it was North Korea, whatever, when Trump was president. And now they're, like, silent. Yeah. They don't, they don't seem to care anymore because Biden's president, and I guess for, to them, everything's safe now. I can back down. Right. They seem to have no interest in all the stories. And I'm like, I tried to bring up Ukraine. It was like kind of a shrug. Eh.
1: Yeah. well, said, It's be,
2: remarkable well, because what, pe- what the brain can do.
1: Yeah, well, the, the, most people have effective brains, they really do. <laughs> I mean they absolutely do. They were emotionally invested, you know, into hating the Trump monster, and it blinded them to whatever good was going on with his policies. And now, having him out of the picture has blinded them to all the terrible things that are going on under Biden. And 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 it you're like you said, Or they, don't they just don't want to
2: report on it. They don't, because report they don't it. want anything negative to come back in case Trump runs again. Oh, You can't hurt
1: this administration. and he's gonna run again. And and the polling right now, not that it means much, is in his favor when you put him up against Biden or Harris. And and so it's gonna start all over again. We're gonna be besieged with false stories and ignored stories. Because everyone is now either dishonest or crazy in the media and in government. 51 CIA agents and the New York Post called all 51. And virtually none of them apologized or corrected themselves. Most of them didn't answer the phone. Didn't respond to an email. (laughs) I I find this fascinating. In fact, I've saved the story on my phone and I glance at it every once in a while. Because it kind of bugs me. It's like this means something here. 51 people in the government and related uh, related to the government, and they all agreed on something, and it was completely wrong. It was wrong at the time. It was wrong now, and they don't want to own up to it. Why? Why? Right, today- I, when when that answer comes out, it's going to reveal a lot about what goes on in media and in Washington, and I think it's ugly.
2: Today in Ukraine, there was a Russian missile attack at a train station. This is probably the biggest story that they killed at least 52 people. Uh, they were and injured more than a hundred. They were trying to flee this eastern Donbas region, where they were actually told by the Ukrainian president to get out of there because that's where Russia is going to concentrate on its offensive. Around 4,000 people gathered at the train station waiting for evacuation, and uh, this missile came flying in and struck the station, and as I mentioned, killed at least 52 people. Now, for the horror that, uh, I don't know, dominates the John Kobelt household, uh, there's an update. Apparently, Vladimir Putin was spotted at uh, the funeral for uh, one of his fellow politicians. And right behind him was an aide carrying the nuclear football. See? There it is, John. B- what I tell you? The briefcase that can launch a nuclear attack remotely was right behind Putin because it, you know, like... Especially what, during this time of war, it would be
1: wise to follow him everywhere. With which he means has to make a quick decision. We you have an insane person with the nuclear codes, twenty four hours a day. Yeah, and who knows what sets him off? Look what he's done all. I mean, I I think people are getting a little uh, burned out on Ukraine, and they're getting used to the daily violence, like today. Fifty-two people get killed at the train station. I mean, I heard yeah, civilians. Au- I heard yeah. the audio of the people screaming and crying and wailing right after it happened. And it's chilling and it's hideous. And I was thinking, I wonder how many people have turned this off, have backed away. They can't look at another picture and another headline. Because it is, it's too overwhelming, right? And I understand that. You can't really immerse yourself in other people's tragedies all the time. But as every day goes by, then that leads to more and more disinterest people shy away they lose track of the story they start caring less
2: now, after five and, or six weeks yeah you can kind of understand that people have
1: kind of moved on to other big events right and then and then i just heard this screaming going on in this audio today it's like oh my god look what he's capable of doing every day every day something is happening like that every day thousands and thousands of people innocent civilians not soldiers have been snuffed out by putin And he walks around with with the the ultimate bomb, practically in his back pocket, within inches of him. And if that guy could do what he's done, of course he can just decide. Tell uh, Igor next to him, give me the bag. What's that number again?
2: (laughs) And finally, one of the reasons that we're not seeing as much public protest inside Russia as we did in the first week or two when the war began is that they passed a law and the law prohibits referrals to the military campaign in Ukraine as a war or an invasion and mass arrests of protesters have largely eliminated all visible signs of dissent within Russia. There are also a large number of Russians who opposed to the war who just left the country. So that story also has completely disappeared and it looks like Putin did a good job crushing it just by... Oh, and the last thing... A, a, a brand new poll has come out. It is from state-run <laughs> Russian media. And it shows an 82% approval rating for Putin. No kidding. Take take that, Biden. Wait, Putin's poll shows that he's uh, really popular. 82%. He wow. was at 67% before he ordered troops into Ukraine. He's,
1: he's he's twice as popular as Biden is here. There you go. He's on top of wow. the world. State-run Our, poll. We got more <laughs> coming up. John and Ken, I <laughs> Johnny Ken Show, John Cobell, Ken not KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.
2: Well, they're finally starting to crack down on people who threw a fit on the airplanes over the mask rules. We'll talk to Alex Stone for a full report on this, including one large fine that was levied on one of these people. That's coming up at 4:05. Uh, Don't forget, we'll have the Moist Line, we'll have hacks for the dumpster. It's a full Friday show. Here on KFI. Well, I pause now because this is probably the worst story to come along in a while for the animal lover. All right, hit me. Well, first of all, the South China Morning Post. I sometimes have doubts about stories come from there. This was picked up by National Review. And allegedly there's a response from the Chinese government, which seems to make the story legitimate. That being said, I hope it didn't happen. In the region of Shanghai in China, they've been having quite a COVID outbreak. If you, a lot of people are not following this anymore because it's gotten really kind of dull and like background buzz. But
4: they have lockdowns again
2: there. They do. They have tremendous lockdowns going on in Shanghai. In fact, a family tested positive for COVID in Shanghai, and they were told they'll have to be take to, taken to a COVID quarantine facility. But they had one problem. What did we do with our pet corgi? A little dog. They couldn't Unsure, bring it? sure they cannot bring it. They were not allowed. It, it gets worse. So the debate was, should we leave it inside the house where it might starve or let it out and hope it would survive on its own and we can return? They chose to leave it outside.
4: Oh, no.
1: Okay, it, they don't get, have it, a it single
4: get, family member or friend that gets, could have taken the dog. I don't, I don't no, really no, want to hear worse. it.
1: No, wait. Well...
2: You're going to hear it because unless you turn off your headphones. Um, Well, as the van pulled away with the family inside, uh, the corgi started to chase it. I
4: knew you were going to say that.
1: Wait, there's more.
2: So, John, come on, stop acting like you're excited to hear this. Oh, he is. I'm trying to keep her focused here. The person identified as a gate guard for the complex where the family lived Caught up with the dog and killed it. Why?
4: Why would you Smashing do- it
2: three times with a spade.
4: Oh, my God. With a God. garden
2: tool. Beat what? the dog to death. What? what? The dog's pain cries can be heard oh, in the video. Oh, no, taken Ken. By, that's
4: not necessary.
2: Taken by a resident who was yelling out, it's too cruel. The story has been an outcry all over China. The government oh. said that they're willing to compensate the family for the loss.
4: Oh, that's so sweet of them. There's no compensation.
1: They're going to write them a check.
4: That's not compensation for what happened to the dog. That is, okay. I hope that somebody goes and smacks that guard, puts him out of his misery
1: with with a spade. Yes, Yes. I'd spade him to death. Yeah,
4: absolutely.
1: Death penalty. Look at that. She's for the death penalty for uh, dog killer. I'm with you. There was no
4: reason for this.
1: It's at all terribly vicious.
4: And I don't right. understand, this is not the family's fault, but I don't understand why they couldn't come up with somebody that would take the dog while they were away. Well, come on, people.
1: The, the the Chinese government is really aggressive when they decide you have to flee. I think they're yelling at you and you've got to go. Oh, no, you got to
2: go immediately yeah, because
1: you're you, contagious. You don't have, yeah. Oh. Yeah.
4: All right, okay, I, I, I get that.
2: All right. Another big story today is and a bit of a surprise. A jury acquitted two men of all charges in that plot to kidnap the Michigan governor. Remember that story from 2020? And what a surly.
1: I. Their, their wish mugshots are. Everybody fantastic. could see the four mugshots. The four guys. Boy, I mean, this the is... guy
2: without facial hair just looks dumb. That's the only thing I could say. from. But the rest of them have their head shapes besides the beards and the. One of
1: them's bald with a wild thick beard. Yeah. One of them has a like a Hitler mustache. Yeah, uh, he's the
2: one that has the, the look of dumb. But the, the look of dumb. And the last guy's got like the hoop earrings or something hanging down off his ears. Or now, those is
1: deformed it. ears. They got look. One of those
2: beards that's like scraggly. And it's got separated parts to it. They kinda... look
1: so inbred and so stupid, like dangerously, psychotically stupid.
2: Well, they acquitted uh, two and they hung on the other two. So it's a question of whether or not the government's I mean, going to try to retry the other two. The younger guys were acquitted. The older guys, the jury couldn't reach uh, verdicts.
1: that that is really bad genetics on all four counts. I mean, they have to d- do something about all four genetic lines. That has to come to an end there. I, yeah, I really I, would 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 insist on um, uh, all four get castrated. Yeah I no know further what... reproduction from this line. Look at those eyes, all four eyes. Um, it's pretty scary. Something uh, has to be done.
2: I didn't follow this trial. It was a ten-count indictment, so I don't know specifically what the evidence was that this jury thought wasn't strong enough. Yeah, or maybe they just didn't like the governor.
1: I don't know, but but yeah, you wonder. <laughs> you wonder if it's more about the jury.
2: All right. When we return, Alex Stone will be here. The FAA has levied the largest fines ever against some of those people that threw fits on the airplanes over the mask rules. Uh, We'll talk about it next.
1: John and Ken show Deborah Mark has news. KFI AM 640. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money?
2: Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at
1: Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com.